Oh, you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Science fiction. It is more than just a genre appearing in literature, television, and film. For many, it is a way of life. Marauding space armies, robotic overlords, the documentation of characters' travels through space and time. Science fiction has something for everyone. Prepare to race into the unknown where the line between science fiction and science fact begins to blur. This is Galaxy Cast. And here are your hosts educator Bob Crispin, Uber geek Gary Bowden, and artist extraordinaire Eric Maruschek. Hey, Galaxy Cast fans, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three other people other than myself tonight. I am your host, Bob Crispin, and I have with me Eric the Artist. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. I have with me I have with me Tara the Inquisitor. Who somehow can insult me. Yep, and I have with me Gary the Stud. <laughs> that would be me. So, we thought we would have some problems finding things to talk about tonight, and then we were like, there's no problem finding things to talk about. There's tons of stuff to talk about out there. <laughs> so, so tonight we're going to start Star Wars, we're going to move away from Star Wars and come back to Star Wars. So the first thing we're going to talk about is... Uh, what happens to Star Wars Rebels after Season 3? We're going to discuss that. We're then going to talk about what happened to Jar Jar. Yes, we're going to talk about Jar Jar Binks again. Inquiring minds want to know. And Stoke. we're, we're going to end off our beginning sequence by talking about a brand new show that the Sci-Fi Channel is bringing in called Cosplay Melee. Star Wars News. So let's talk with our, about our first story here. It has come to the attention of several people that nobody has discussed yet what's going on with Star Wars Rebels. There has been no renewal notice in 2016 at all about Star Wars Rebels. And if push comes to shove here, I mean, ultimately, if you've read through the tea leaves here, there's not supposed to be a season four. Because it would have had to have been announced prior to... Well, pretty much in the past two weeks or so. Right. Because unless, most shows unless, are getting their renewal notices at Unless it's something they'll tout at Celebration. And, and you mean 2018. Well, it, it okay, it's, what do you mean? It'd be fall mean? of you 2017. You said 2016. Okay, but it That's had what, to, have, it would have happened, sorry, in a similar time in yeah. 2017 is what I meant to say. Yes. Right. So. Well, uh, according to the article here, they said Rebels for, was renewed in November of 2015 for this season now in right, 2016, 17. So it should have happened in November It should have happened in November 2016, and it didn't, and we've heard nothing yet, and now we're right. in February of 2017, and we still haven't heard. And I, even, I, like, when you're talking in the TV realm at this point, most I, shows for next season are starting to hear they're getting their renewals. Yeah, that's true. And so we're in this awkward spot where we haven't heard anything about Star Wars Rebels at all. So the question that's on everybody's mind is, is this it? Is season three the last season of Star Wars Rebels? There have been a lot of rumors. There's been a lot of rumors going around. And here's the one that's really kind of taken off a lot. Dave Filoni has been basically called offset of Star Wars Rebels to go work on a new animated project, which is under wraps at this point. In other words, they have not released what that project is. That's what I think the big reveal is going to be at Star at Wars Celebration. Celebration. Whatever that project is that Filoni's working on... 
I think is going to be the big reveal. Here's our new animated show, and here's a clip. And it'd be, be awesome to reveal that artwork hey, that's how in the form of a giant chalk mural. Right? I know somebody cool. that could help you out with that's, that. Uh, that's how they did it with Clone Wars, though. Yeah, so. It is how they did it with Clone Wars, yep. but here's the the semi-disgusting part of it all. There is, I mean, sorry, it's the truth. There is a set of fans out there now for Star Wars Rebels. Are you going to abandon them in an effort to introduce the new show? In other words, yes. take a look at this shiny orb over here. Oh, by the way, we're canceling the other one down there. Right. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's what they did with the Clone Wars. Honestly, did they, yes. did they really kind of do it that way, though? I yes. guess. Yes. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Because yes. they went, look at Rebels. We're canceling Clone Wars. By but, the way, here's a partial last season. Yeah, know, here's a little on. clip that could have happened but never did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, and what they see now, and I guess I look at that one differently because Disney took over right around that same time. Right. So there was so much other stuff going on that I didn't, I guess I didn't question it too much because it was just like, oh, well, look, Disney's coming in new show, well, that must be Disney just deciding to wrap things up and move it into a new show. You but there's no real closure with the uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, You're right. There, there wasn't. wasn't any really true closure for Clone Wars. And I kind of thought, I mean, don't you guys get the impression that they used this show to wrap up the part of Clone Wars they didn't wrap up? I mean, that's the impression I got. By bringing Ahsoka in and doing some things with yeah. her... They wrapped up showing part of that showing story. the old clones, right? You know these characters. Here's Rex oh, again. Stuff happened to them. Okay, right. So <laughs> they're they're almost using Rebels to wrap up what they didn't do in in, in Clone Wars, which is hurting Rebels. It, it isn't. It isn't. But come on, all right. Don't you admit that some of the best episodes we've had of Rebels include the characters from the Clone Wars? It does, but we've always said that's also a crutch. It's a crutch. It is on. absolutely a crutch. Which was where I go say it's certain Rebels. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know, but it's a crutch that seems to work. Because yeah. at least some of the better episodes, at least that we know of, seem to have included some of that info. Well, I agree 100% with you. But the, like I said, though, is do you really care about the Rebels Without the other people. You're right. Yeah. And it, that is the odd thing. <laughs> and that's where I'm kind of like, I'm sitting on the fence on this whole thing. I mean, seriously. I'm beginning to like Rebels. At least when the A-team's doing the show, they're awesome. But then when the Z-team's doing it, what did we call it? The triple Z-team the, the last Z time? Team, yeah. When the triple Z-team's in, I'm kind of like, I'm out. Like, I'm not, you lose me completely. Like, I am out, I'm out, I'm out. And so it's like, I can't, we can't seem to find the middle anywhere. Yeah. We just seem to be like, amazing or not. And, and it would be nice to just have, I'm not saying they don't have to be not amazing, but it'd be nice to find a middle of the road somewhere along the way. If it's going to drop, don't drop so drastically. Yeah. Well, that's, that's my big thing. Like, if we're going to drop this, let's end it, drop it. And I guess that's the big question is, are they moving you in that don't direction? Don't do a Firefly. Right. Well, mm. first off, don't do a Firefly. More importantly, don't do a Clone Wars. Where we're all yeah. of a sudden we just drop it and there's no, and there's stuff left out in limbo. Like what happens to Ezra? What happens to Kanan? Does Ezra turn to the dark side? Does, you know, does uh, Ezra become? Is there certain characters I won't care if we don't find the end about? Like Chopper could go off in obscurity. I wouldn't care. Chopper can die. Zeb, uh, Hera, I would want to know more about. Yeah, uh, it sounds like she's got stuff going on that they have. Right, that we've never even explored. So that, that's where I'm kind of like, I. I I understand why they may cancel it after season three, but it would dishearten me a little bit because there's some things that we could have flushed out that we never did. No. Now, here's a question for you. Okay. This new animated cartoon that they're going to come out with. Yeah. What timeline are you gonna, they going to have it at? Oh, I, I have a speculation about that. It's probably not going to be popular with anybody else. Go ahead. 
I, I think it's going to be a, a between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. That's what I thought. That's what I was thinking, too. I'm going to think they're going to use a cartoon the gap to bridge the gap between Because there's the all two. these people who are not going to read the books, so right. they still can mine that time period right, with lots exactly. of stuff. And they can throw some characters in there that <laughs> they talk about in the books, but we've never yeah. seen, and now we can actually see them on the screen. So, yeah. I that's, like that. If I were to make an assumption, that's the assumption I'm going to make, is that's going to be the timeline If they for don't that do series. that, then where are they going to do it? Well, there's not many other places we haven't started to plug holes in. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, we've now filled in how the Rebel plans got to Princess Leia through Rogue One, so that whole plot hole's been filled in. Right. We've already agreed we're going to tell the, the Han Solo story. That's coming up in the first Solo So film. that that plot line's been plugged. Uh, Boba Fett's story pretty much has been agreed to be in a movie. That's probably plugged up. Young Obi-Wan will probably Obi-Wan's be played been, by McGregor. Right, has pretty much been wrapped up into a story. So, I mean, yeah, like, like, they have kind much. of worked themselves into a corner here on But this. they have put the Boba Fett movie and Obi-Wan on the shelf for right now. For right now, yeah. I, but I think that's just because they want to focus on one solo movie at a time yeah. for the moment. But I, I don't think that that doesn't mean that they're gone. I just think they've, they've shelved them till they get past the solo movie and then they'll move into those. So I don't know. I I, I think they have kind of cornered themselves. So interesting thing to think about. Love to hear what you guys have to say. You know, head on over website. Let us know what you think about that. But kind of kind of interesting that Rebels may see. I mean, that that may be it. That Three years it. is pretty quick. What was uh, Clone War was, was five? Six? Uh, seven. Seven. It did go yeah. seven. But wasn't seven. seven not a complete season? Seven was not a complete season. Right. Seven was a, I think they called it a rogue season, ended up yeah. on Net- Netflix and nowhere yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how so I watched it. It was six on TV, seven with Netflix. So uh, I honestly, if they cancel this series, I'm going to say hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know if I will. I don't know. I'm starting to get into these characters no. a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, but think about it. It's taken you three seasons, three years. And to it's finally only, get to a point where I'm like, I'm And it's only a little bit. Yeah, well, and, and but, it took us one season with Clone Wars. But that's because uh, they're tying out loose ends up from Clone Wars. It's quarter Bob. Right, right. Well, it is kind of <laughs> true. Okay. Star Wars news. So our second Star Wars topic, and probably the one that's probably going to be discussed even more. And, yes. and the one that Bob is really, 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 really excited about. I, well, okay, yes, listen. I don't think this is a bad idea, what they're doing here, okay? So, let's get to the story, because everyone's like, what are they talking about? Okay, so it has been released that there is a character showing up in the next Star Wars book. It's called Star Wars Aftermath Empire's End by Chuck Wendig. It has not come out yet, but it probably will be out by the time this podcast gets out there. And so what's the burning question everybody wants to know? What's on everyone's mind? What happened to Jar Jar Binks? Mm. That's right, people. Misa want to know what happened to Jar Jar Binks. I really want to know why that's the burning question. Because Misa a sparkly glowy. There is no reason for you to care about Jar Jar, honestly, though. There is and there isn't. I mean, Jar Jar... Okay. I still think this goes back to, correct me if I'm wrong, the hatred for Jar Jar. And so there's this odd, weird, morbid curiosity about, okay, after the films, we all hate him. But what happened to him? Yeah, Do you know that's what I mean? Like, true. it's like watching a car wreck. Like, you see the car wreck, you continue on down the road, but you still want to turn around and look well, to see. Where also, that think car of, wrecked, think about know? it this way: think about every major character in Star Wars right. in in the prequels. Yep, you know what their ultimate fates were. Yeah. I mean, you you name a character from the prequels, you know either. Or at least if they we complete, make some assumptions about their ultimate right, fate. Right, or they carried on in, in, in Rebels, I, or they... I say that because we still technically don't know what happened to Mace Windu. 
technically. Right. Okay, technically. But <laughs> you could say we saw him, his finale. Right. People could believe that. Right. There might be more. They could always bring that back because we thought we saw you know, Darth, Maul's Darth Maul's finale. finale. And that wasn't it, yeah. But you don't see anything about Jar about Jar. Jar. You right. see him in the Senate and then everything goes to crap with the clones taking over and Order 66 being initiated. And there's fires and there's the Jedi Temple's on fire and all this. Right. And you never see Jar Jar again. And <clears throat> if you think about it, that's a major character in the prequel trilogy that just doesn't appear anymore. Well, and even, not even to get not mentioned in Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, right. A New Hope. He was mentioned in Clone Wars. Somebody, well, he was. But what I'm saying is, is for the guy who gave Palpatine all his power to not even be mentioned. Right. In the annals of discussion, somewhere between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi, right. that's kind of yeah. important. Because that's I would the thing: think. is Clone Wars is before Revenge of the Sith, right? That's true. So y- you still don't know what happens to him at the end of the movie. Name a single other major character from the prequels that ends like that. Yeah, that we don't know the ending to. So uh, Boba. So Boba. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. I can't call him a major character. I can call he him. Was, he was in the Phantom Menace. In the Phantom Menace. He was. But, a hey. Padre, but I don't know. I don't think he was. I don't know if I see him as major. Character, not major though. enough carrying through multiple films that you could just drop it and not find right. out what happened to him. Right, you and, know. and and he didn't he didn't have a through line going through a couple movies because that's that's Charger's thing. He did have a through line going through no. several movies. So we find out <laughs> supposedly in the book. Spoiler alert: If you want to read the book, then don't yes. listen to the next five minutes. We find out in the book that Jar Jar meets the major character. His name's Mapo, correct? Yeah. And Mapo or Mapo, whatever how you pronounce it, basically finds out that Jar Jar is hated by the people because well, he's blamed for letting the Empire <clears throat> take over. He well, he talks about that. Yeah, he says, you know, it, he has to explain to people it was my fault or I, I right. was involved with it. But apparently, and this is the author clearly making a comment about how Jar Jar is responded to in real life. In the book, kids love him. Kids think of him right. as a clown street performer. Apparently, they want him to come out. They want him to perform. He entertains them. Adults don't like him, don't even want to talk to him, are annoyed by him. Exactly how it is in real life. When, kids, when the movie came out, that's exactly kids, how it To this day, out. you know, young kids enjoy Jar Jar, adults hate him, and it's it's really... This I was awesome. yeah, one of the few adults that, that didn't mind Jar Jar, I swear. <laughs> I, I, I liked Jar Jar when I was a kid, and I don't like him Well, and I'll admit, that, that's the way I felt about the Ewoks. Right. <laughs> Loved the Ewoks as a kid, hate him as an adult. Um, I didn't mind Jar Jar when he came out as an right. adult. I'm probably one of the few people that didn't mind Jar Jar. He's but, a bumbling fool. He's the awesome but again, Star Wars. But again... That was his role. And see, that's the part I, I can't get people to understand. True. Like, he played his role. He did what Jar Jar was supposed to do. He was supposed to be the bumbly, fumbly idiot. That's true. He's supposed to be the Mr. Bean of the Star Wars universe. Seriously. Which, unfortunately, a lot of people go tonal, tonal wise, doesn't fit with Star Wars because yeah, the closest they came before was with the droids. With, like, C3PO and right. R2 were kind of that kind role. Of fumbly, bumbly, but yeah. not nearly as slapstick and not nearly as over the top. Right. And, and it, that's the problem people had. And I, I say this is, this is pre New Hope and everything, where everything was really serious and everything. Right. Phantom Menace was before all the major crap happened. Right. So. They needed the the comedy relief and stuff in it, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, to an extent, the movie needed some sort of comedic something. But you know, I I still I still think the one thing that Jar Jar never got credit for was being the character 
he was intended to play. He was supposed to be that that kind of fumbly bumbly guy. Well, it just goes to show that it was a, a different time than what we are accustomed to, and uh, everything right. was innocent. Right, it's true. Yeah, you're right. So. Different different thought process behind those movies versus right. now. Well, one thing we failed to mention was, according to the book, he's back on Naboo. Right. He's returned home. As he a does, street the, performer. The, the Gungans don't talk to him. He's not a part of the, their culture. Right. He he just lives on the street. He's he's basically homeless. He's a homeless street performer, is what they may make it sound like, you know. And that's they said it's kind of a sad ending to the character. No, it is a sad ending, but it's that's the weird thing. Here's what it does confirm. See, now I always like to look at the other side of it because yes, we see supposedly the ending of Jar. It's not really an ending because Jar Jar doesn't necessarily die. But Correct. what it does confirm is that somewhere between. Now, this is set between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Yes. Somewhere between the two, Jar Jar's still alive. Yes. He didn't Which I die. kind of assumed he died off somewhere in amongst all the other things going on in the Empire, yeah. you know. So the fact that he's still alive kind of, I don't know, maybe are they trying to set it up for Jar Jar even to have a small cameo? In the last Jedi, do you guys or, think I if mean, anyone's if anyone's going to return to Naboo in one of these yeah. seven, eight, or nine, or nine, yeah, seven, eight, or nine, they basically it allowed Luke? it to be. Yeah. Oh, look, he could. There's you know, Jar Jar as a cameo. Oh, here's the thing: Does Luke want to go and visit his mother's home planet and return right. home? I mean, there's well, that's also, what I'm saying. Like, it, yeah. they they kind of are cracking the door open for Jar Jar to make a small cameo. Maybe he's going to make a bigger one. Oh, I wonder if that's the he's case too. No, and I wonder again if this is the <laughs> yeah right. I wonder if this is the uh, the feeler to see if there's still all that hatred for Jar Jar out there. I mean, come right. on. I mean, if they're if he's already in the movie and they've already made that decision, Disney might be going, ooh, I wonder how much they hate him at this point. Should we keep him in there? You know, maybe they're trying to figure out what to put on the cutting room floor. Right. And does Jar Jar stay in or does Jar Jar come out? I don't know. It's, uh, you know, there's a very good chance this is just the author got to play. With, and that with the toy too. box and got to do a they couple. Might be like, Here's Jar I mean, it's a paragraph. Nobody wants him. Have fun. You know, we're, like- ta- we're talking <laughs> about a paragraph, basically, right. in yeah. a, you know, or maybe two with the <laughs> most a in a book that hasn't even come out yet. Right. It's really just. It could easily just be window dressing yep. to throw a little Easter egg to the fans and be like, "Oh, look, Jar Jar lived." <laughs> and somewhere Chuck Wendig's going, "See, I got the Galaxy Cast. Talk about him again." <laughs> <laughs> So we'd love to hear what you have to say about Jar Jar. It'd be kind of interesting to see what some of our fans say. Right, Hondo? Okay. Ned? (laughs) Hondo abandoned us. No, he didn't. Okay. Costumer Enclave. Our final topic, and this one is now way off the Star Wars shoot, but that's okay, because we like to talk about Star Wars more. And this one I wanted to talk about just because I thought it was an interesting premise. Sci-Fi has come up with a brand new show that they're ready to launch, I think, later this month, if I remember correctly. Is it March? Okay, March. I knew it was coming up soon. And I know some people who were in the show and couldn't talk about it are now starting to be able to talk about it. Uh, And the title of the show is the... Oh, I'm losing the title. Where'd it go? Cosplay Melee. Cosplay Melee on the Sci-Fi channel. And the idea is kind of like... Well, Gary, you had said it. It's um, go ahead. The Forged in Fire. 
Forged in Fire, if you've ever watched that on History Channel, you said it was like... It's almost like a bit of Chopped. Chopped. From, from uh, food, the Food Network. Food Network, Network yeah. right. I was thinking like Face Off that Sci-Fi already had, which um, is about makeup, stage makeup, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say like Skin Wars, which is also Skin Wars, same idea. Channel, what's, yeah. what's the model, the modeling one that they do where they uh, have to America's do, Top Model. Top America's Top Model. It's got that kind of feel to it, too, where they have to do print work and stuff like that. So they're, they're going to put cosplayers in rooms with tools and materials and they get like a week to make a cosplay. Now it looks to no, be two days. Two days. Is it two days? So okay. according to the trailer, the first thing there's two parts to the contest. Okay. They first do they have a one day right. or it's like eight hours or something to make hours, yeah. a prop, an accessory to a costume. Correct. The ones who do the – they'll probably be some sort of elimination. I think like there's the four worst. of them at first and they eliminate one. <clears throat> they'll probably take one out. Then the final ones are then given two days to make a costume around, it sounds like, right. probably that prop or accessory, at which point they premiere it and then the best person wins $10,000. Now, it looks like they're not regenerating another costume. They're having to come up with their <clears throat> own character, Correct. their own costume. They're original. They're not asking original. them to make Captain America's or alternate versions or right. yep. build me a Stormtrooper. It's create your own character. Because they talk a lot in the trailer about inhabiting the character. About yep. It right. has to feel like it has a personality, too. Right. And at first I was kind of like, nah, lame. And then I went, wait a minute, I know why they're doing that. Do you guys, I know why they're doing that. It's the copyright. Lightness. Well, it's the well, copyright, yeah, copyright problem. <laughs> it's, it's the very, copyright yeah. problem. If they had them do Captain America, they'd have to ask Disney and get okay. Or if they did a Star Wars character, they'd have to ask, you know, Disney like, yeah. and get an okay. okay. Well, yeah. If they did, you know, Aladdin or well, no. Well, if they did a Disney, Pixar, uh, it was well, oh, jeez, who would they have? Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, but DC characters Disney? would be out. Okay, that would be DC. completely out. have to ask Disney for a lot of things. <laughs> what? That's not new. My my daughter has a lot of love for Disney. Yes, yes, I do. So, <laughs> Quinn, you could do G.I. Joe, Joe one. Yeah, G. Joe. Yeah, G.I. Joe. <laughs> but, you know, I... But, you have to ask minion. Hero, yeah. Make him yeah. do a minion. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like, I, I, I yeah. was thinking about, like, why can't they... But then I thought of, you know, like, oh, yeah, copyright. Yeah, I can see where you're trying to avoid copyright. That was a problem, by the way, with Heroes of Cosplay 2. Not 2, but also. <laughs> Heroes of Cosplay ran into copyright issues because there were certain costumes. I later found out that they had, like, they had filmed them making these costumes... But they couldn't show them on the show because they didn't get the copyright from the company that the costume was made from. Mm. Which I had not thought about, like, wow, that created one heck of a... I mean, you want to talk about a problem. Yeah. You filmed the whole show based on this one costume. And now you can't even show the show because the company that owned the rights to the costume isn't allowing you to even show it on sci-fi. That That's actually... Rough. That is rough. Puts out a good point. How are right. we able to costume... Right, on heroes of cosplay. Well, no, I'm just saying, how are we able to costume costumes without permission from actual companies? Well, because you're not money you're not doing anything it. for money. You're no, just no, doing that's it as sci fi would be making <laughs> money off of thing, it. That's though, the thing, though. We problem. go to cosplay competitions, and in a way, we make money off of it if we win. Yes, All right. that's true. But those are. I got an answer for that, though. Okay, go ahead. You don't really make money, you win money. You win money, and for most of the time, and I, I, I'm probably right on this one, I don't think you're actually making money. The That's amount of true. money you make back is certainly not the amount of money you put into that costume. And it's, it's not like you can make a job out yeah. of it. And it's usually just like a count for cash. Right. Mm. It's not actual cash in your pocket. Right. Exactly, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And that's what I'm saying. Like you're not really making a profit. It's yeah. just it's impossible. Right. But the ones on, but I think the ones on uh, Heroes of Cosplay there, they were actually winning actual money. Oh, they were. Well, yeah. doesn't doesn't they, the I think Sci-Fi was the World out. Series of Cosplay oh, or whatever that is that's appeared at a bunch of different conventions. Isn't the final price for that fairly big? I thought it, it was a cash award. It, pr- yeah, it's pretty big, and I, I want to say it's a it's a five figure income. It's pretty big. It's pretty big. But I mean, again, in order to be able to get that. There's what five different <clears throat> yeah the peak of the peak ones have spent a lot of money doing what they're what I, doing and you have to be but, able to travel all over the place yeah. like Washington, Washington. I also think State, that because Texas. these are happening at comic conventions, there's permissions going on probably and things like probably. that. So what do you guys think of this idea of like throwing people in a room and like giving them time, having them come up with their own costume? I, I am fairly interested. In it. I mean, I, I'm I actually might be a little more interested in this than Heroes of Cosplay itself. Yeah. Only because of the premise of the show. I kind of like the premise. I, I like the fact that they did find somebody who likes the costuming community. I don't know if you guys know anything about Yvette Nicole Brown. She was in Community first, and then she was in The Odd Couple recently. She's the African-American girl in, in that show. And she's been huge in the cosplay community. In other words, she's been helping promote them online and a social network presence and she's been on talking dead off she's been on talking dead a lot she really does appreciate the artistry behind what cosplayers do as a little aside you know uh did you see that adam from uh mythbusters had a ted talk about cosplay yes yes he did i like that one. and i loved his ted talk because one of the things he said in it was that cosplay it's it's not costuming i loved his comment about that it's cosplay playing these people don't just get into a costume and be like look i'm in a costume it there there's a character they're yeah. portraying and it is cosplay it's an art it's a it's a performance art as much as it is a put the costume on kind of art which i love the fact that he highlighted that because a lot of people miss that when i get into my mando i'm a different person than when i'm not in my mando i act differently i yeah. i i react to things differently. I talk a little bit differently. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just something about that costume. Just like my TIE pilot, I'm different. My Jedi Knight, I'm a little different. So yeah, each character's got its own little character behind it. So and I love that. He was he had a valid point. Yeah, so it was, it was a really cool TED Talk if you haven't ever checked it out. Yeah. I just uh, happened to see really it recently. Cool. So. It was really cool. I haven't also, watched the whole thing. Out, I got, got, check like, out his through. YouTube channel. His YouTube channel is pretty good too. You yeah. get to see him watch his making his own costumes. That's pretty and cool. And he's... Uh, you know, he's one of the most impressive oh, guys yeah. out there, absolutely. But, I mean, he worked for Hollywood, so I, I would hope he would know what he's doing. <laughs> so it's interesting that we've got Yvette Nicole Brown's one of the judges. Another judge <laughs> is a guy right off of a Hollywood set, Christian Beckman, who did the Hunger Games costumes. Yeah. The third one kind of created some stir within the cosplay community. It's Leanna Vamp, who is a cosplayer. They called her the epic cosplayer. And I was kind of like... Ooh, you know, like, I mean, the, you got to be careful when you say epic cosplayer and, and who you throw in there it's because. Not Yaya Han. Well, okay, first off, it's not Yaya Han. And a lot of people are like, why well, wasn't Yaya? And I was like, okay, listen, we had a whole show about Yaya. We're, I'm good. Yeah, we don't you need know? Yaha. Not to mention, let's face it, Yaya, quite honestly, has opened herself up in a different way. Uh, for those who have never been to Joanne Fabrics recently, she's everywhere. Oh, yeah. She, I mean, I, first off, I will admit. I am so thankful that Yaya has put the fabrics in the Joanne fabrics that she has. Those cosplay fabrics are amazing. The patterns she's putting out there mm-hmm. for things like Harley Quinn and stuff like that. Yay. Finally, somebody's thinking about the cosplayer as a as a, a general role within a co- within a, a 
not even a costuming store, uh, within a fabric store. Yeah. Because everybody assumed everybody going to a fabric store is going there to quilt, you know, or something like that. Or, or to knit or to crochet right. or so to So for the first crafts. time, I think Yaya has brought out the idea that not everybody going to a fabric store is quilting. They may actually be making a costume. And they may be doing that in the middle of July, not in, you know, October right. or September when they're getting ready for Halloween. You know, so it, I, I, I appreciate that. But of all the cosplayers out there, I, I don't know if Leanna Vamp... I don't even know who she is. ...has enough traction. I mean, Gary, I know you're a little more heavily into the costuming people. Yeah, I know who she is. Do you know who she is? Yeah. Does she have a lot of traction in the costuming community, you think? Or yeah, I, I think she's got a good following. Okay. So uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I know there were some people that were kind of squawking and saying there were some better choices... There might have been. Well, you know what? Here's the thing: they may have approached those better choices, and, and they might have turned them down too. Either that's turned true. them down, or asked for too much money, or yeah. had a conflict. It's, you don't know. Yeah, that's true. So I'm I'm <laughs> gonna try to watch it, and I'm gonna look forward to seeing what they do with it. Uh, I hope you guys will watch too. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe we'll watch it every once in a while and see what we. What think I like, what I like, if they do it right, is <clears throat> one. I hope the people who are in it change every week. You know, like a chopped or like yeah. a, those other shows. Yeah. I don't I want to go. I don't want them to be like, well, we're going to focus on the people all year long, and we're going right. to have the dramas and the background, and then it becomes more about the people than the costumes and the talent. Yeah. If it becomes really a, like I said, a chopped style, you have two days. We're going to show the whole thing in like a half hour or an hour episode. You know, one person gets eliminated. It's mostly focusing on the building. Yes, we throw in little character bits about who these people are, what their history is, but not a ton. You know, it's focused more on their talent and their ability. Yeah. That to me is a far more interesting show than, oh, let's let's put them all in a house and watch them for eight weeks while they fight with each other and blah blah blah. No, I don't want to yeah. see that. Honestly, I think that's what killed Heroes <clears throat> in cosplay was it did get into too much of the infighting and you know what, in the competition <laughs> realm, yeah, which was all made up by sci-fi. It was, it was because every single one of those cosplayers, well, except for maybe yeah, uh, yeah, all get along together fairly well outside of that show. I mean, like they. They're friends. They hang out at bars together. They, you know, we've seen them at Dragon Con all hanging out together. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it's like, I knew it was all fake. But then yeah. I'm sitting there watching the show, going, "Wait a minute, is, is there, you know, are they really mad at each other?" And then, and then you see them at a convention, you're like, "Oh, they're not mad at each other. That that's total bull." So that is kind of what killed the show. I think ultimately it was just they well, tried to create drama where it didn't exist. Well, there's that. Then when they had the cosplay contest and all that, yeah. They held up a lot of the the, the contesting right. and stuff, the, just for filming purposes right. and whatnot. Which, which, or, or because someone was late getting to the thing, they had right. held everything up so that yeah, yeah, I can get there and do her little. Yeah, I think it was introduction. Yeah. I think it was uh, the scruffy rebel there, and I'm forgetting her name, who had the battery problems with the one, and they stopped the whole show so she could switch her batteries yeah. out, so Ginio could go get her batteries, and I'm kind of like. Um, that's not what cosplay contests are about. It's about here's what you got at that moment, not stopping the whole thing. So yeah, another thing something. I didn't like was uh, all the procrastination that everybody was doing. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh, we, we we got two months to get this costume started, and they wait until a week before it's there to do it. And I don't procrastinate. I take a long time to do my costumes, and I'll yeah. admit, two months. That's that's a significant amount of time, especially if that's all you're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. a lot of these people have jobs like we do. Um, and are doing it at nights like we do and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, two months is a ton of time. I could probably get out a costume or two in two months fairly easy without procrastinating at all. I right, feel so. like the, the procrastination was just there for drama. No, it was. It absolutely was. 
Okay, so those are our thoughts on Star Wars and what might have happened to Jar Jar. Those are our thoughts on the possibility of Season 3 being the last season of Star Wars Rebels. Hallelujah! And that was also our thoughts on Cosplay Melee. Head on over to our website, galaxycast.com. Let us know what you think. And with that in mind, we're going to be back in just a little bit to talk about the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. Don't miss the next episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't just a television show now on ABC. It's a great new podcast, available at agentsofshield.tv. Only on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Your cell phone currently costs hundreds of dollars. Are you satisfied with having just a plain black brick in your hand? Of course you're not. Be sure to check out the newest, hottest details, accessories, and add-ons you can have for your cell phone at decalgirl.com. With tens of thousands of overlays, stickers, doodads, and accoutrements, you'll find what you need right now for your cell phone or device at decalgirl.com. Fighting isn't just something I was doing when I was a kid. It's followed me into adulthood. Not so much the beatdowns at work or finishing off bullies that scratch my car. I'm Mike Wilkerson. I'm hosting Two Guys Talking MMA, a completely original perspective review podcast detailing the events showcased on Fox Sports 1's The Ultimate Fighter. Join me and my co-host, MMA's Adam Sella, and a literal cavalcade of guest fighters, promoters, and more, where we'll talk about the show, the fighters, the fights, and more. It's a completely different flavor of fight review, and it's only from two guys talking. Witness the carnage, the perspectives, and fun at twoguystalkingmma.com. That's twoguystalkingmma.com. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels titled Trials of the Darksaber. The Council Speaks. So... Basically, the other way we can describe this episode is Mandalore, 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 Mandalorian, Mandalore, Mandalore, Mandalore. Darksaber. Darksaber, Mandalore. Darksaber, Mandalore. Spider, Mandalorian. Completely useless. Trolls, Mandalore. Completely useless brief cameo of... The Bomberk Musk? What's his name? Oh, my God. Like, Bendu. Couldn't think of Bendu. Yeah, Bendu. Bendu for about one second. And Mandalorian Jedi. Mandalore. We'll talk about that in a minute, which... Okay, we'll come back to that in a minute. Now, th- I want to start Actually, off... I want to preface okay. something here. Go ahead. We're going to be reviewing this episode from two points of view. All right. We have your points of view, where you guys are deep into the Mandalorian history, the books, mm-hmm. the knowledge. Yeah. We're going to have my take on it, too, Fine. where I... You, I guess well, you're more I mean, on my like, side. I'm kind of, like, in between here. You're in between. I do know stuff, but, like, I don't... Whereas know I never stuff. read the books right. and know only a bit about the culture from what I've heard from you guys, and then when you right. tell me, oh, that's completely incorrect and stuff, but otherwise I'm coming at it from an outside point of view, not knowing that stuff. And, well, and, and the ironic thing is, too, Bob and I don't agree on it. Go ahead. 
Well, okay, so let's start off. I mean, the whole point of the whole episode is we've got Sabine, who's got this Darksaber, who could go back to Mandalore and could unite her people. General yes. overlay of the plot here. and Kind of a get, whole Arthurian legend right. feel. Yeah. And I was just about to say, we get the history of the Darksaber, yes. which technically, technically, has not been told. It has not been told. Even in book form, it was never, ever really discussed there are some assumptions made about where the Darksaber came from, but it was never truly ever discussed in the books what the actual history of the Darksaber is. Now, the history that they provide, mm-hmm. I actually, I'm not horribly upset about. I'm not, okay. I know a lot of people have been like, oh my gosh, Bob probably hates the fact that there's a Jedi Mandalorian anywhere in the culture of the Mandalorians. That, that part actually doesn't bother me. I'm actually okay with the fact that there was a Mandalorian that became a Jedi, became part of the a Jedi. A long time ago, it A long time like. ago when the Jedi were who they were and took this guy on and they gave him this dark saber. Did they give it he, to him? He, or created, he created it. He created it. I think yeah, they, they said, said he, that he created it. But there are some questions I have now about some of this, this, this lore. So the... The way they promote the history is that he created the Darksaber while being a Jedi. Right. So my real question is, were... Okay. So now I think... I'm thinking like a Jedi now. That were, was the Darksaber created then with Kyber Saber crystals like the other Jedi? Or are we saying the Darksaber used a different overall schematic altogether? Well, I'm going to say it's the same type of uh, power source that all, all Ka- like, uh, I can- would think seemed to know a lot about how it would feel and react with her. Right, so, so it would have seems... to be a Kyber Saber crystal, now, now which in, is odd. Now in the Ahsoka book, it explains where the colors come from. Right, because isn't it the different colors represent different things, right? Like green it, it, represents a counselor. Yeah. And... Well, yeah, but it's, it's I think they threw that out. Oh, did they really? You know, right? oh, it, okay. it, it's the personality of the person wielding the saber. Okay. But then why so would the you... blade color stay the same for multiple different people who've wielded it? Because whoever started it first is the way it's going to be. It's it's gonna, gonna, okay. Oh, okay, so it was the guy. Yeah, it makes sense. The creator it, creates it the It would attract movie. a certain people with that same like personality, basically. So what you're saying, and it fits with Star Wars coming out in the 70s, is that lightsabers are basically giant mood rings. Yes. Yes. Okay. At, well, well, at first, at first. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It does kind of fit with that 70s motif. It's kind of interesting. I guess I've never uh, had never thought of Star Wars from that perspective. I wasn't bothered totally by the, the backstory. Now, something I liked about the backstory, the way they told it. Going yeah, to the visuals of the shadow thing, story. Yeah. I've that seen it done in many cool. movies. You know, they do yeah. inter- even beginning like Kung Fu Panda does kind of like a shadow puppet they, thing, yeah. and you've seen that done before. But it was nice to see that kind of artistic uh, approach rear its head in an episode of Rebels, where he, he's sitting there and his shadow behind him. Just we go up to the wall, and boom, we're into the history story, and I liked it. Now I, I got him. <laughs> All right, so now I'm going to inject some things here that are are going to be like. Bob, don't. Just stay off the drugs. <laughs> oh, to the okay, story. To the story. Gotcha. We refer to Kylo Ren's group as the Knights of Ren. Yes. Yes. If you watch that shadow story, it feels very knight-ish. Yeah, they're all kind of... They're all... Uh, they've got knee, helmets yeah. that look like knights as a shadow. They're kneeling. They've all got a blade like a sword stuck upside down. 
it felt like knights, and I was kind of like, are they... The timing. Hinting that the Knights of Ren were Mandalorians, and that's another clan? The timing of us, you know, maybe beginning to find out what the Knights of Ren are in the next movie, which is eight months away, and this episode this, coming out, and yeah. this being a major storyline in Rebels, and it's all tied together, might not and be I, a coincidence. I still go back might to... I ask? What are the Knights of Ren? No one knows. We don't yet. know yet. They've never been so told. They've never even been told and before. For so as they, we could... Know, they could okay. be a clan, and that's okay. what I'm suggesting. What if there's another clan of Mandalorians that wielded well, lightsabers? That, that, that's where I think you're just wishful thinking. Maybe I am. Right. But I still go back to the picture that we've looked at a million times in the Knights of Ren, and at least two of those guys have a T visor. At least two of them. And, well, there. they may not end up like that in the next movie. Those were concept Maybe. art for the fir- well, first one. We never got a good look at them. Well, we, we didn't, we didn't. And that's what I'm saying, that picture that I paused. You yeah, can yeah. see you had, you had to pause it, and you yeah. had to scrutinize it big time. I did, but right. they're there. But the average viewer didn't see it at all. No, but all right. I, I still think they're there. The average viewer also didn't see Sabine written on the wall by behind <laughs> Darth Maul, but you guys found it. But we found yeah. it, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it was Kenobi. It was or Kenobi, 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 right. Kenobi. Kenobi. right. Uh, picture we found of it. it was gonna be the fact that we paused and found it i thought that was significant and that was huge so i mean it, it i didn't mind the story behind the lightsaber actually was okay right up until the moment at which they said that's the mandalorian that fought the jedi in the the what i'm assuming is they're referring to the mandalorian wars what, what, is, is that what okay, they're referring okay. to what, gary what, what, okay back it up explain to me where you got that from because I don't think they said that. Towards the end of it, they said he he stole the saber and led no, a war no, no, against no. the Jedi. No. The guy that made the dark saber did not fight the Jedi. He was no. in the future. Yeah. He, it was another person that he, came and claimed when, it the family. When he, okay. when he was gone, the Jedi put it in their archives. Yep. Okay. Then the Death Watch people came and stole it. Yes. Yes. That was what they said. Oh, okay. But they didn't say Death Watch, did they? they yes, they did. Did they, they say Death Watch or did they just say the, cl- the was it the family of Well, they, maybe the clan Vizsla, Vizsla, Vizsla stole. stole. No, yeah. they specifically and, said and started, Death Watch. And started well, Death Watch. they said Death Watch somewhere in the episode, but I can't remember if that, that was the exact moment. It was moment. That, that exact moment. Well, I'll have to, watch have to go back and watch that he part He was again. from I, Death Watch. I think it was a Vizsla that came and stole the saber away from the because they said it ended then, up uniting, and then yeah. started Death Watch. Yeah. So is that what starts the Mandal starts Mandalore? The person who stole the dark saber back and united the I'm people that becomes so. the first Mandalore. I'm assuming so. See, that's where I've got a small problem with this because the first Mandalore should have started long before probably that dark saber even came along <clears throat> at least again qu- well, and that's the thing. to what we know I think I think you're culture. right I think it goes back farther because they said he was the first mandalore jedi I think when they said at the beginning so they're implying mandalore already existed but he became a jedi that and then when and then when the 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 sword was stolen from the archives they said he fought the war and united the clans which makes it sound like that it was already a pre-existing thing okay. I'm pretty sure, though, they said that he was the first Mandalorian. No, Mandalorian Mandalorian Jedi. Jedi, I think think that's what they said. Yes. Yes. uh, That's the interpretation I took out of that, too. This first Mandalorian Jedi. Yes. They did not. Maybe the only one. And here's the saving grace that I give them credit for. They did not say he was a force-wielding Mandalorian Jedi. Yes. That, to me... Saved the story a little bit. If they'd have said he was a Force user that was a Mandalorian and a Jedi, I would have been like, oh my god, here we go. 
But they uh, didn't imply that he had Force powers. Okay, how do you get in the Jedi Order if you don't have the Force? Honor, respect, ability, I, warrior, I, I, kinship. They weren't warriors. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe it. They're keepers of the peace, not warriors. But that's what I'm saying. Like, this particular warrior maybe brought a people together and kept the peace. Uh, and therefore became mm, part of the know. Jedi. See, this is, this is the thing. They leave a lot of that story. I mean, they, he, that's obviously could be its own well, book. And they've left the story. It could have been, yeah. In I mean, a way, Han was part of the Jedi. Because he technically... What he, no. He was a Jedi. It sounds like he was a Jedi he was who a Jedi. was Force-sensitive. Yes. I don't... Which, which, okay. So now I go back to my... That doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Now, here's because, the thing. Why doesn't what? work? Because Beskar Gam, which is the Mandalorian iron yeah. that they use yeah. on on their okay. costumes, yeah. is supposed to deflect anything the Force would create. Yeah. Okay. So a Force push would no. not have as much power on Mandalorian armor because it deflects the ability for the Force to be used it, upon that armor. It goes back to the Air of the Empire books of the first Timothy Zahn tri- uh, trilogy. Yeah. And I know it's all been retconned and yes. legends now and all that. Beskar game, all that did was scramble lightsabers. Well, it scrambled lightsabers, but my understanding was it was supposed to be able to hold up to force pushes, force lightning. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. All of that. He became a, he was a Mandalor who became a Jedi. Who's to say he was still wearing that style of armor at that point? He and, may and have left the Mandalorians maybe, and became... Maybe. Because here's the thing. He became a Jedi, so he probably wasn't doing that anymore. Right. Died, whatever, while being a Jedi. They kept his sword, and years later... Clan Vizsla comes along, who is pure Mandalorian, wearing the armor, doesn't like the Jedi, and says, hey, that's ours. Doesn't for- wield the Force at all. Yeah, yeah, and steals the sword. So it fits in it with the way fit, you want yes. it to go. Yeah, yeah, but I think Maul kind of mapped before with pre-Vizsla, using the, the Force. Yeah. So I don't think it does anything against the Force. Alright. Well, okay, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying it's not impervious to the Force. This is not like an Iron Man suit. I, I'm I, just I saying it weakened the ability for the Force. I, I, to I don't. I, I don't think so. But maybe we have shatter points, you know. So I mean, like that. Could well, be hold on. Shatter points have never been mentioned in these shows either. Could That's that be true. a retconned book? It could be, and that book is technically retconned at this yes. point, at least until somebody brings a shatter point up. Yeah, like you us. watch Gary Filoni over here. He'll bring right. it up in an episode in the very near future. It's going to yeah. happen. I can what, see what, it. Happen. When, I, when I bring back Mason Do. Oh, thanks. That'll yeah, help out okay. a lot. <laughs> but no, no, I wasn't actually. I wasn't totally off put by the story. I will say that, and I bet I that's the part I. you thought I would hate. Right? You, you do hate it. I actually don't. Yes, hate you do. It. Yes, I you don't. do. You are so I vocal don't. against it. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You're trying to argue stuff that doesn't exist with the no, best best game. There's small parts of it that I don't. That I wish they would. Okay, I wish they'd have been more clear with the story. That's so all. So do I. Because it. Like, all right. My whole argument with against the the Mercs and everything is why can't a Mando be a Jedi? I'm not saying a Mando can't be a Jedi. The Mercs do. I know the Mercs do. Why? Because they're worried about the godly Mando, and yeah, I get what they're that, saying. Because that would kind somebody of be like who a can god wear Mando. somebody who can wear the armor and be impervious to a lightsaber attacking them, but they can wield a lightsaber and use the force. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it's uh, um. I call it the Mace Windu complex, and I'm going all the way back to the Jedi Tartakovsky Mace Windu, right? Like, when you watch those, yeah. Mace Windu is like a god, right? Like, yeah. nothing can stop this man. He was supposed to be. I know. But a lot yeah. of people were off-put by that because that made the Jedi look like they were this amazing thing that nobody could touch. Not all Jedi, just some. Just some. Yes, just I get some. what you're and saying. And that's the thing is, look at Yoda. Do you have a I problem know. with Yoda being the no. unbelievable 
take out 10,000 stormtroopers even though he's a And emperor. I don't have a problem with that. The emperor. So that's Vader. Emperor. <laughs> that that's and 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 that's that's <clears throat> always been the argument, and I, I'm not saying I agree with the argument, but that's been the argument Be, because they don't want that godlike Mando, right? right. That can do everything and be anything and be invincible. Well, I mean, right? I guess technically they don't want that because technically we're supposed to be rogue, so we're not supposed to be a part of like either association. Well, here's the problem. I'll tell you what the ultimate problem is with it. If that does exist, those Mandos would always be Mandalore. Oh yeah. Who would beat them? That's true. A force-sensitive Mandalorian with armor. Who's going to beat that? Okay. How did they take out the, the, the Jedis in Order 66? Who? The, the, the Empire. Stormtroopers. Storm the, the clone troopers. How did they take yeah. them out? By brute force. Exactly. And by surprising them. Exactly. Them. <laughs> no one is a god. Uh, well, but what I'm saying is, in the Mandalorian culture, what not outside of it, within the Mandos, Mandalores are guys that lead because they are the most powerful, right? They create yes. fear, and they get the rest of the clans to unite under that person more under fear than anything else. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's kind of like the Sith in that regard, I, right? I, I guess how I always looked at the Mandals was, like, the werewolf community. You have All an right. alpha. That makes sense. All right? There's always going to be another alpha that's going to come and take that alpha out. Correct. But what I'm saying is, if you've got these Jedi Mandos, who's going to take the... There's, there's you not have a, a werewolf for them. This alpha over here that uh, has his own group behind him with repeating heavy blasters and bang, 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 dead. He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's not wrong there. Maybe. I, All right. Because <clears throat> okay. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just showing you what the ultimate argument is. Right. And I, and, and I, get, and, and I, get, and I get what you're saying. I do. I see both <laughs> sides of this. I do. And, and here's the thing. I, no matter what you put at me, I can... Find a way to, dis- to, to disprove it. I understand what you're saying. Right. I'm just presenting the side that uh, the belief lo- is. Lo- look at Kiani Wandi. All right, when the Galactic Marines took him out. Yeah. Every single one of them had a repeating, a heavy repeating blaster. Yep. Yep. He couldn't de- deflect all the shots. Right. Right. So therefore, the you're, only you're... the only really ones who've ever been unstoppable in the Star Wars universe is Vader. Was put at that level. The Emperor was put at that level. Yoda has been put at that level. And, and to a point, Obi-Wan. And to a point, Obi-Wan, when he Harsh. was younger. Yes. So even yeah, Windu Harsh. stuff, yeah, Windu was in the what Tartakovsky. What we know of bad, him to Snoke. I mean, what we know of him at this point, it kind of seems like they've put him And he may be the, he may be the next one, but they're, yes. they're rare. They're far between. Right. So, an, you know, out of the thousands of Jedi that there are, if a Mandalorian becomes a Jedi, it doesn't sound like he is this unstoppable all-being. No, I know. It just... I'm, again, I'm not saying I agree. Wow. It's just, I'm not it's, saying I'm agreeing with it. I'm just telling you what the belief is. Yeah. Right. And we're just giving reasons why... propagated that idea. Yeah. Again, I actually don't agree with it. I sat on the council and argued against the idea of not allowing Jedi Mandos because I liked the idea right. of letting that in there. And, and the problem being is the, the people that want to be the Jedi Mandos will take it to the extreme. Yes. They will. That's, that is, that's the main problem. In the problem. costuming world, that is the worry. That that person is going to be like, ha, I'm a Mando, and have their plastic lightsaber and their plastic armor on and be like, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, you can't touch me. And I get that. I actually understand that concern of it. I would rather the mercs just come out and say, that's our worry. That idiot right there is yeah. the reason why we don't want Jedi Mandos. Just come out and say that. Don't come up with this convoluted idea of like, well, they can't wear a Beskar game and they'll use the... 
listen, I, I don't agree with that. Right. I, I, let's just say it's that kid, that idiot over there in plastic armor right. with a lightsaber hitting everybody. This is the reason we don't want that happening. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. Right. And that's no, the, the reason. reason. You're right. That, that would You're be right. the reason. That's the okay. reason. Okay, this is what they should do is get the CLRLs for a, a, a Mando Jedi Yeah. where all he gets is normal armor. Right. No extra cloak, heavy armor or anything. Yep. A cloak. And he gets to carry a lightsaber. That's right. it. No other weapons. I almost want to say, like, <laughs> it would actually be cool. And now I'm, to, I'm talking Dream World here to have like, uh, almost like Obi Wan's armor in the Clone Wars, where he mm. had like sto- the clone armor right. with the cloak. Yeah. Let the Mando armor be that armor on right. the cloak. Let him wear a helmet. What's wrong with that? I don't no, see a problem yeah. with that. And have the light one lightsaber. What I, I agree with you, Gary. I actually think that would be a really cool looking. Exactly. Mando, and it's almost what they portrayed in this episode. Right. To it an is, extent, yes. is kind of what you saw. Speaking of the episode, we've got okay to get back to it. <laughs> yes. A lot no, You're right. And, but what I'm trying to say is, and here's what I'm trying to say. I think Gary thought I was going to hate that part of the episode. Oh, you did. I don't. Yes, you did. I don't. I don't have a problem with it at all. <laughs> He's just trying to push your so, buttons now. He is trying to push my buttons now. <laughs> I can see it. Okay, so. You hated uh, it. Going beyond that, that storyline. So now we get to a point where we're, we're trying to train Sabine. They basically tell her if she takes up the Darksaber, she as a Vizsla can unite under her and the the rebels want her to do that because in the end it's potential that it could be a force to help the rebels against the Empire. But my ultimate question is, are they trying to say that Clan Vizsla will not unite under her? Or all the Mandos? Well, they said that all the Mandos united the last time the Darksaber was held up and wielded for a while. True. But I mean, in order for her to be able to do that, she's going to have to unite her clan first. Correct, yes. and that's and what's going to happen. And then maybe, maybe, which, which, that'll yes, unite It's all a bunch of maybes. She's going to get challenged as soon as she yeah, shows yeah. the dark saber. Yeah, well, that's what they're saying. It, 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 exactly, like and that's where it goes back to what I was saying about before with the Mandal Jedis. There's always going to be someone to challenge them. Well, there's always now a male to come in, or right. female, as the case may be, to come in to challenge the next one. I still see it like the Sith. There, there's always that one head Sith, but there's always the one waiting in the wings to take it out. Yeah, yeah. And Mandalore's <laughs> always been that right. way. The, the, yeah, there's this Mandalore, but he knows full well that there's other guys underneath him trying to either beat him or beat him out of whatever it is he's doing. Yeah, and you and aren't going to last lot, long if well, you can't compete. Again, been all retcon, but there's a lot of stories where Mandalore got beat by one of his own best mm-hmm. lieutenants, yeah. you know, which is okay. Again, I like all those stories. It's almost like the Klingons, too, in Star Trek. Same idea. So it's interesting that we decide we're going to use Jedi to train Sabine. Because, I mean, what other option do we have at this point? It's not like there's any Mandos who've ever wielded a Darksaber anywhere. Yeah, because they so all they died. Have, oh, they the, have the, no the, idea. There is, but they're all dead. They're dead, yeah. right. And and so to use the Jedi. And so, Gary, you were saying, and I, I thought you made an interesting point about Kanan's role in this thing. And I, I, got, I wasn't thinking of it from that point till you said it. What, what did you say about Kanan here? That I see that he's showing us against women in this whole uh, training point with Sabine. And the fact that, uh, the other fact was he didn't want to train her because she's not a force user. Both have potential. I even see more of it, though, as, you know, does he have a fear of giving too much power to, to a group that could oppose the Jedi? What's left? I mean, there's none left. And who have almost wiped the Jedi yeah. out in yeah. the past? I mean, they during have. the Mandalorian I mean, in War, in the end, the are you? War, I mean, are yeah. you helping to build another empire? Right. I mean, like, 
or are you helping to build your enemy? And that's what I said to Gary. Like, I, that's the way I was viewing it is he's reluctant to give her all their <clears throat> secrets, especially their training right. techniques, right. because that's ultimately their enemy. Yeah, because in a way, they're ultimately their enemy. The Mandos and the Jedi have never really truly gotten along. I've always no. seen them as a yin and yang. One keeps the other one in balance. And then you have Hera talking to him and pretty much said the same exact things I just said. No, you're right. She did imply yeah. a lot of the same things you're implying. The, I'm not sure she implied the female thing as much as the other part of it. And when you said the part about the female, I kind of went, <coughs> I, I guess I didn't thought of it from that perspective that... Is he looking at her differently because Ezra's a boy and he's training a male, and now suddenly he's forced to train his female that he's never trained a female and he just yeah. doesn't, you know what I mean? But the other thing that got me thinking, too, was it's like my own children. Raising a boy, raising a girl. Completely different concepts. Girls are a little more emotional and attuned to their, their feelings, right? Boys are just like, <laughs> it's whatever you see is what you get. I mean, that's just the male model and the male thought process. And so maybe Kanan's frustrated, too, because she's dealing an emotion, and he doesn't deal that way. Well, yeah, he's. I mean, tr- Jedi Jedis training is to remove emotion, the emotion and to right? remove all that. And, and all she has is emotion. <clears throat> that's all her blocks. Both, he doesn't know how to get past both them. as a Mandalorian, but more importantly, as a female too. And that's know? what that's basically what Hera tells her is: you've got to help her get past her, her issues, right. not become a force wielder because she's not. She's not going to be a Jedi, and that's not her goal. Yeah, either her goal is to get back to Mandalore and be able to hold her own enough to use that dark saber and become the next head of. Pre, uh, the Vizsla clan, at least, um, you know, maybe the next Mandalore. But you know, it, it, it. You're right, Gary. I mean, it, it was interesting to think of it from that perspective. I had not thought of it from yeah. the perspective of this is a female, <clears throat> and how does how does he feel about training a female? So they train her with a, a wood stick at first, which I thought was completely hysterical to an extent because we had just looked at that Shit. fan film over the summer where they were training yep. using those Kabokans. That's, that's now can that's now canon. That's now canon. So I mean like <laughs> that that you know all of a sudden <clears throat> Well, I mean it makes sense to use training sticks instead of using Well, it, real it does. Then you wouldn't get hurt. It does. And it is an ancient Chinese Japanese culture thing yes. they and, use and, those. And the younglings in Revenge of the Sith were using training sabers. Correct. Yes. Right so. ones that were like 30% power of a regular lightsaber yeah, or whatever it was. Right. So they couldn't hurt themselves with it. Which, you know, again, these are all interesting points that kind of brought all this together. And I uh, I thought it was interesting that Ezra really kind of took on the training more than Kanan did. And Kanan just kind of watched and Ezra did most of the training. And it made me wonder, too, like, (laughs) Hera, like, kind of bolstered up Kanan a little bit. Like, you know, praised him for all his good teachings and everything. And I, I couldn't help but think, like, and I said it while we were watching it, like, yeah, way to go, because Ezra looks like he's really ready. And I'm sitting there thinking, why is she praising him when, ultimately, I'm not sure Ezra's as far along as he could be or should be. No, and he's, I also, he's so close to going to the dark side. Well, I also wonder if he's going down the wrong path, you know? Well, yeah. The problem with Ezra is we don't know if he's a... A force user or not? Because one right. episode you see him using it all the time. Right. Yeah. The next, next episode, episode you don't. He's not. Yeah. Right. You know, right. he doesn't. I mean, he's a force user. It's just that's writer inconsistency. Well, but I know, but still, that, and that's why you get the question now. Yeah. yeah. But the way it comes together is that, um, you know, Kanan's training her, training her with the sticks, sees her, all her emotions and her blocks, can't really, doesn't know how to get past it. <clears throat> the other, I can't remember his name, the uh, other. Uh, Mandalorian. Uh, Finrao. Finn. Finrao yeah. shows up t- and brings some, while they're out in the desert for days training at this campsite, he brings out some supplies, gives her gauntlets. 
that are bracelets. Mandalorian the bracelets. Whatever they're gauntlets they bracelets. with, with uh, whatever stun darts Bracers, and a shock a shock it. blast and whatever. And during her next training with Ezra, she actually uses it, but it gets Kanan mad because it's right. like relying on tricks. He wants to train her like a Jedi. You shouldn't rely on the tricks or whatever. And she's basically, this is what a Mando is. I have other weapons. I'm not a Jedi. I'm not a force right. user. And, and that's where I think that the, the Jedi is so damn cocky on his own aspect because he can use the force whenever he wants. And he used it on her a couple of times. Yeah, he does. All yeah. right. I mean, before this point where she, where she had her gauntlets and all that. Now... She even the, the playing field down. Mm-hmm. She basically yeah, uses, right. and she he didn't like that. <laughs> she basically uses a force push, yes. but without the training. And yes. he's all like, "I don't like kinda, that." Kind of cheated yeah. to an extent. All I can think of is like, and I, I go back to my thoughts about Attack of the Clones and that scene with Obi Wan and Jango Fett on the platform in Camino, right? Yes. Everybody has to admit, Jango Fett becomes Batman in that whole scene. He uses like, every, all, yes, all the possible. gadgets, the yeah. rocket launchers, the blasters, the, the flamethrower. The flamethrower. I mean, all these cool gadgets. And what's Obi Wan got? A freaking lightsaber. He's kind of the one trick pony. I mean, even Wonder Woman's got more tricks in her arsenal <laughs> than he's got. And 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 but yet somehow he still is able to hold his own, right? And yeah. so this that's what I saw this as too, again. Like she's got all the Batman weapons again. She's got the little whip. She's got these little things she can pull out. You know, that little shockwave that she can use. So she's got this, you know, and he's mad because she's got these gadgets. Right. You know, and it's kind of like the Joker. Where did she get those wonderful toys? I mean, like, no, what? It, it, he's mad because she even the playing field out. Right. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. And, and he, that's what he didn't like. Right. So then we have the call with Hera. Hera says, you're training her wrong. you got to get past her issues. And we come back... She's gone out in the desert for a few days, like for a night. She's walked away because she's all mad. And Ezra even goes to talk to her. But she basically kind of brushes him off. And in the end, she's like, it's my family. No one understands. I can't go back. I'm banished. I'm an outcast. They hate me. And he says, at least you got parents to go back to. You know, burn. She's all like, oh, geez, you know. And then we see Bendu for a half second. Don't know why. (laughs) So let's talk about that for a second. What do you think the point was behind just that split second of having Ben do there. Okay, what do you think, Terry? <laughs> wow, okay. okay. Eric, what do you think about it? The only thing I can think of is that he's sensing like a pivot point. Something's happening that he's aware of. Maybe she has more power than she lets on. Maybe it's... I don't know, but it's... it's he's sensed something is happening. He's only around when something happens. Yeah, so I'm going to go true. one step further. I think the birds and Ben do are connected. Well, she's got a, one of the owls on her shoulder right, pad. That's what I'm saying. And we saw the birds there. come in and watch the birds the came in and watch the training. I I'm thinking this he senses a huge pivot point in the galaxy right here right now. I th- I think this turns into they go to the Mandalore, she becomes Mandalore. She gets her people together and that turns the tide for the rebels that the mandalorians are what ultimately yeah. turns the tide for that, the rebels that would, that would... in the war against the empire well um i think that he's sensing that she has the force and Maybe. she's not See, and i wondered if that's part and, of and it. she's yeah. not and she's not not wielding it, it. not yeah. well, almost it. like leia in a way also to go on with what you're saying is that she re- re- unites the mandals yep and instead of becoming the force that the rebels want Maybe they become the force they don't want they just disappear yeah, that could be too, because maybe and they come back unites, years later as the Knights of Ren. Well, maybe she unites the Mandalorians to go back and rebuild Mandalore, and nothing right. more. Maybe that way, honestly, I'd love that. You know, and 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 there's merit to that too, because the Mandalorians really have never been a type of people to 
give ownership to anybody. Well, for hire. Not even really that. They don't give no, they don't totally give onus to anybody else but their no. own. Yeah. They care about their own clans, they care about their own Mandalorians, but really nothing more. And a lot of it's because again, if we continue to follow what we know of in the Mandalores Mandalorians is they, they pick up the cultures, the people who nobody else would want in their cultures, and created another culture out of it. So obviously they're very loyal to themselves and not many other people. And so for if you're thinking in that regard, I could see where she would pick up yeah. the Mandalorians, get them together, and then maybe go off and start Mandalore and be like, the heck with this war, we're not getting involved. Right, and become a neutral... Uh, become a, a Switzerland, or right. maybe just a... We'll join whatever well, side pays us more money at that because time. Because of the end, you kind of get the sense that she never really wanted to be in this war in the first place. Well, I thought the ending was interesting. Let's, let's talk well, about yeah, the Well, yeah, so she comes back. Um... Kanan decides that he can't train her with sticks anymore, and it's part. You know, Hera basically tells him this: you've got to give her, you got to give her the dark saber. You've got to let her take ownership of who she is. She's got to commit to it now, and the only way she's going to do that is if she holds the sword and takes ownership of it. So she comes back, she walks in, she goes up in front of Kanan. They kind of apologize to each other. He says, "You here's the sword," and he begins to train her on the same positions that she was learning with Ezra. But now she's using the dark dark saber, and he's parrying with a lightsaber and we begin a sword fight. Right. And I thought it was interesting what she reveals while they're fighting. So the, well, first off, great choreography oh, yeah. in this whole scene. He, Liked it. it I, I, I see the, uh, he pushed her over the edge so that she, she could fed on her anger right. yeah. and fear and kicked his ass. And I really think if she had a more, if she was more intuitively in touch with her force skills, if she has any it would have almost been a tipping point to the dark side yep. because she really is getting that frustrated <clears throat> at this point. But she never does that moment of, you know, clutching the sword, breathing no, deep, yeah. like she was going to be violent. In the end, she beats him, but she immediately turns it off. And she's right. like telling the, you know, because she's still so involved in her own history. But well, that, that story we get out of her, the idea was great. That, that she made weapons to help the Empire. Destroy her own people. But then the Empire uses that to turn around and destroy her own people. People Which she knew, friends. People she knew, yeah. friends, family, and that's why her family gets mad at her because basically they joined the Empire, but well, yet no, she chooses she, not to. She warned them, and they basically just went with the side of the Empire. So she like <laughs> tried to tell them what was going on. They really didn't want to listen to her. Right. Which you know is well, Kanan has a good point. He says they reacted out of fear. The em- right. they were afraid of the Empire, and in the end, they sided with it because yeah. it would keep them safe. You were strong. You were willing to fight and to run away from that. So in this case, running away was actually a stronger thing to do because you were fighting for what you what believe was right. is right. Right. So. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that she ended up creating weapons that the Empire used on her own people. Yeah, they, they, and now it makes me wonder, like, what Imperial weapons are they using that well, she invented? You and know, um, like, she said that the, the Empire wants to destroy planets. And, and she I, gave weapons me wonder, to do it. Yeah, so it makes me wonder if she had something to do maybe with the Death the Star... Did, yeah gun in some way you know maybe she's the one that came up with the idea of using the kyber saber crystals as a power source i mean so there there is an implication there that maybe there's something more that we don't know it's the most we've gotten out of sabine in terms of development in one episode over three three seasons yeah yeah and i think it's the most most fleshed out character we got right now and i i thought the way they handled it the actual way she was talking, the story she was telling while the fight was going on, while yeah. the characters oh, were watching, totally the way he held back, you know, uh, 
Ezra to not join in, you know, let yep. this happen. And the whole way the entire scene happened. Even Fen was, Rao's reaction, yeah, I thought, was, was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I it thought it was put together like so well. Clone yeah. Wars. A little bit, yeah. And um, to see uh, Fen Rao kind of get emotional when, he's, when she was yeah. telling yeah. that yeah. We, I created weapons for the Empire and all that and to destroy our own <clears> people and all that. And, and, and it's like. Almost like he I, didn't I, I felt. Yeah, like, I don't think he knew. <laughs> I felt a connection to a Star Wars character probably for the first time in this entire series. Oh, yeah. And, you know, not... You know, I, I we've had connection to some characters, but not like this. Not the way I felt a connection to her by the end of this episode. I actually now may be looking at her slightly differently when we watch these episodes. Yeah. Because yeah. of this connection that we had in this episode. So in the end... She turns off the sword. They, she's basically agreeing that she's going to do this. And I thought it was a great moment that the three of them kneel before her, not in we support Mandalore, but in a way that's, well, maybe Finn Rao it, does. It but, is, but, but more so with Ezra and Kanan, you're our family. Together, right? We stay together. We support yeah. you on this. Uh, well, Finn Rao is going to support her. He's not yes. supporting the Mandals. He's supporting her. Right. Yeah. right. So it was just a nice moment. that, And I felt like, ah, oh, this is a group I want to see do. I want to see more about what these guys do together now. Well, I ulti- like ultimately, I think the reason you're seeing them kneel is because in the Mandalorian culture, the ultimate form of respect you can show for your clan leader is to kneel for them and say family comes first right. and, and and there's a Mandalorian phrase and I don't there's crazy people who memorize the Mandalorian words and all the stuff to it there's like a whole phrase about family coming first and the fact that they did that first off it was a great homage to that idea that family comes first but also that that they showed that and yeah. to me that was kind of cool and and actually brings it back to some of the things I love about Mandos the fact <clears> that they're they are clan and family first and that's I, that's what I always always loved about the Mandalorian culture and, and no offense, within the Mercs, it kind of becomes your family anyways. It does, yeah. So. I mean, your clan becomes your family. I mean, that's the way I've always seen it. Yeah. The Council Review. So, let's rate this one, I guess. The zero's about don't bother, ten's a must-see. Anybody want to take the reins on this one? Go- you know what? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to say a ten. Okay. Wow. This wow. Is, yeah, I know. My first I'm, ten I'm ever. I'm glad I'm sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the episode. I mean, there was, like, a few things that I did get a little upset about but you know it's a mandalorian episode so okay eric i'm gonna give it a solid nine okay um in terms of first of all visual storytelling Mm -hmm. everything from the opening shadow sequence and telling of the history to just the setup of the 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 kind of arena like camp that they were practicing in it was almost like an arena with stair steps around them the way like gladiators would fight and the sequence at the end in at night lit by the fire and lit by the swords and moving along that while she talked and everything was it was very involving and very engrossing so i like the visuals i like the choreography and i like the way the story was told i give it a very solid nine um you see seated gary huh are you seated okay not gonna pass out anytime soon okay good blood pressure is okay okay i'm gonna give this one a 10 okay I love this episode. I, I, I actually liked this episode. I, I, I could tell you would like it. And and there's yeah. a there's a lot of reasons. Eric just hit on a lot of them. For me, it was good storytelling. Yes. It wasn't just a random Mando episode. There's actually good or story. Or a robot showing up. Right, it's a bomb. Right, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> Eric felt the same way about the last episode. I think that most of us did. Like I it, said, I didn't hate it so much, but again, compared to this episode, it's, you're seeing yeah, Z team, Z to team A-team. and A team, and and so this was a good story. This flushed out a great story, and I'm not just talking about Sabine's story. The story about the dark saber, the story about the Mandos, the story about the Jedi. More why Kanan acts the way he does. This probably gave more history about Mandos and Jedi than I think we've seen in any TV show or any movie anywhere yet in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. That was cool. And I'm good with that. And I, I love that. You know, there's minor things that, you know, Fen Rao showing up. Yeah, yet again, we've got another character that, like, we tucked him away somewhere and then he shows up here, right? Like, we've he, talked he about that. He good in this episode. But though, I liked so. him in this episode. The fact that he's as supportive of... Sabine as he is, the fact that he was kind of in awe of the fact that the dark saber even existed, yeah, much less that Sabine had it, and I thought that was kind of cool. And the fact that they call them all in the room and he's like, "You've got to do this," and that Fen Rao convinces her, that made that character, you know, better in my eyes. Yes. So, I yeah, think the I best part, the best parts 10. to me were his reactions in yeah. the arena training area. Just yeah. his looks, his his. Concern, yeah, and even some of the looks he gave Ezra, you know, like yeah. when Ezra was like looking concerned, and he's like, "Just hang on, you know, she like she's got to figure this out." No, it was it was it was well put together. So, Gary, how about you? What would you give this one? Okay, you're sitting down, right? Your blood pressure's yeah. okay. Yeah, I okay. think so. Heart, heart's good. I give it a one. No, I, I give it a nine. <laughs> I, saw, a nine I saw too? a nine. Yeah, you liked it too. Yeah, the what I didn't like about it was there wasn't enough men doing it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wanted to hear his voice. I love yeah. when he talks. You you would have thought it. Would, would you have wanted him to, like, interact with them? Is that what he wanted? Uh, I would want Ezra to leave and then have uh, Bendu come out. And now, how many... Have crazy. you seen a head? Have you seen a head from this one? No, well, because we can't, this is the next up tomorrow. So, we don't know if Bendu might be in the next right. one as Maybe. a major part. That might have been just a lead-in to something right. that's going to happen. But. Maybe. Yeah. Or it might have just been a cameo for the heck of having just a cameo. The, yeah. Oh, we well, like to animate of course, him. Of course, she did kick him a couple times. She did. She did. That was kind All of right. funny. So probably, maybe, probably that's why he woke, woke up like, uh, what, are you doing, what are you kicking me for? What did I do? I think yeah. this is the first <laughs> Star Wars Rebels episode where we all went, wow, that was pretty good. We've had a couple others that were pretty high, but this one was this, really Not good. quite this high. Not that I remember this. I I'll gave this a 10, and, and to impress me... Well, yeah, it depends yes, on... That's true. Yeah. <laughs> what did right. you just say? So, yes, that's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said something else. Okay, so... We need to hear from you. That's what we thought of this episode of Star Wars Can Rebels. they maintain it? That's no. a good question. That, Are we going to have the quadruple question. A team from now on, or is it going to be a Z team? Hey, who, who wrote this episode, by the way? We'll have to go and look that up later. We'll, we'll go look it up later. All right. Uh, so, let me see. The description of next episode... Chopper decides to go on a wacky adventure. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So those are our thoughts of this episode of Star Wars Rebels. Let us know what you think. Go over to, go over to galaxycast.com. Click on all areas that says contact us. That's right. I'm talking to you, Hondo. Get over there and do it. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this episode of Star Wars Rebels or what you have to say about Jar Jar returning to the Star Wars universe. What you have to say about this possibly being the last episode seasons of Star Wars Rebels or better yet... What about that new cosplay show that's going to be on Sci-Fi Channel? Head on over there. Let us know what you think. As we always like to say here in Star Production Studios, May the Force be with those who listen. Another Galaxy Cast transmission draws to a close, Brave Traveler. Thank you for your participation. Remember, today's science fiction is tomorrow's science fact. Be sure to share your thoughts about this episode by visiting our fan portal 
at galaxycast.com. There you can interact with us via Facebook and much, much more. Prepare for the next valiant episode of GalaxyCast soon, and always remember, may the Force be with those who listen. <laughs>